Hi everyone, Stuart here. Just wanted to start off with a bit of an apology for this one here. So we initially looked to do our all AFC and NFC all heart teams, um, but unfortunately due to a technical hiccup on Darren's side uh, with a power cable and a power saving mode, uh, that didn't happen. So uh, we do end up cutting off partway through basically because I was still recording for most of it. But um, uh, yeah, we just basically cut the small part of that out and I've just decided that we're going to do that on another day. So our apologies to you if uh, you were going to be looking forward to that. But uh, in the meantime, please just enjoy a little bit of news, our analysis of the uh, units on both the Bengals and the Rams for Super Bowl 56 and just have a great one. Thanks guys. Kia hit like and welcome into the 4th and Forever podcast. No, your eyes and ears are not deceiving you. We are indeed back for our second week in a row. Wow. After a rather poorly timed but certainly necessary hiatus, I think we'd uh, agree upon there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stuart Bothwell here with uh, Darren Butter on the opposing side here. Uh, or like on the same team. Depends on how you look at it. I think, would we put ourselves in the same team, Darren? Sometimes? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's keep it like that. So yeah, uh, less than a week until the Super Bowl, Darren. How are you feeling? In general. Um, good. Um, it's been a very long season, is what I'm realizing, and just even seeing only one in, week longer than usual. Yeah, and even seeing the slightest highlights of the Pro Bowl just make me angry and ready <laughs> for bother. actual football. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the game. Looking forward to seeing who comes out on top. Scared about who might come out on top, but no. Um, yeah, other than that, it's just, just ready to go, really. Thanks, man. I think I'm probably in about the same boat. Uh, have you any thoughts on um, this uh, <laughs> this prospect that always does the rounds around about this sort of time where they should just get rid of the Pro Bowl and have the uh, worst and second worst team play off against each other to decide the first overall pick? So as someone said <laughs> on Twitter, I think it was an ex-player, like, what? incentive for the players is that because if they win they're probably out of a job maybe because you're bringing in you know four or five first picks of the round that are going to compete with them so you know the players are employees they're not going to compete to lose their jobs that's not really well you should still be competing to compete in general to to not suck throughout the course of the season but no i wasn't i wasn't really being serious with that with that query <laughs> I, I was definitely to be taken with a sure. boatload of salt yeah 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 the pro bowl is just uh, exercising futility these days it's just silly um there's other things you could do like i quite enjoy the the little bits and pieces the bits of fun they have with the dodgeball and the um the the throwing challenges uh, did you see the throwing challenge where you had like um Oh, who was it? Hunter Renfro uh, gave it a try for some reason. Mac Jones also gave it a go. And uh, they were both like, eh, all right. And then Russell Wilson just comes in and obliterates everyone. It's like, that's just like a guy who is dialed in and has been since he came into the league versus two guys who still have a ways to go. Yeah, I saw um, Kirk Cousins struggle with, um, with one of the <laughs> like scoring throw the ball in the hole kind of um, games. He's being marked by, I think, uh, Trayvon Diggs. Someone was just like just standing there watching. <laughs> Miss everything. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, 
if if the game uh, actually meant something, then he's not going to do very well. So obviously, he felt all eyes were on him. Um, but um, if it was just him and something that really didn't matter, he'd be nailing that. Yeah, in his backyard against <laughs> his kid. All yeah, over. perfect. He would absolutely destroy that child. Uh, anyway, today we will quickly touch on some news. Uh, emphasis on the quickly uh, before we take a look at the big game itself and finish off with something a little different. So uh, Darren and I have put together our all-heart teams uh, where Darren and I will basically just give some props to the players through the season for whatever reason we want. We don't need an actual reason. It can be off the basis of their great play. It can be off the basis of uh, something that they've done throughout the course of the season, um, uh, like personal triumph, uh, you know, just, just players that we enjoyed watching, perhaps. Um, so uh, stay tuned for that one. But like I said, before that, there's a few things to uh, deal with in the news. And Darren, we've decided that we are not going to talk about Tom Brady already teasing coming out of retirement because screw that, I'm not doing that again. And uh, we'll just move on directly to Kyler Murray potentially trying to force a trade out of Arizona, if that's what this is supposed to mean. Uh, He has gone and removed all mention of Arizona from his social accounts. So this has had mixed meanings and results for players in the past. So how do you see this? Uh, And if he was traded, how much would that cost? And where do you reckon would be a good fit? Well, keep keeping this quickly. (laughs) I probably shouldn't have asked quite so many questions along there. One, he hasn't done anything yet. So he's not worth anything. Two, I think this is more a commercial issue that he feels that the Cardinals are probably relying on him too heavily from like the marketing point of view, and he's still on his rookie deal. So I think he's mm-hmm. probably just making a point to them um, okay. around how important he is to their brand, to their brand, and what they need to do. Because Arizona isn't you know renowned for being an overly top market where you can get a lot of like other deals and stuff so you know no. I, it's that issue you know as soon as you have even the slightest success on a rookie deal you become incredibly cheap to the team so I think he's just kind of reminding them where he is but I don't think he's had enough success yet for a team to drop the boat on him mm. if I was another team I wouldn't be dropping like three or four first round picks on him especially after that um, Rams game I actually think it's embarrassing I mean, that he's doing this after that Rams game, but that's just me. I think the timing's definitely poor, but um, I don't know maybe from his perspective, like you know, you've you've seen him flash, and he, he he clearly has the talent in there, but there's maybe some consistency issues, and um, you know maybe he's really dependent on the weapons around him because um, you definitely saw his play drop off when DeAndre Hopkins wasn't around. Um, but yeah, it, it can it can mean a number of things. Like I said, it could just mean he's um, reminding them of his value commercially. Um, maybe he's just after that payday a little bit sooner than uh, than they're supposed to give him it. Um, or maybe he is trying to uh, to force his way out. I do think that the force his way out thing is maybe, if we're honest about this, a little less likely. Um, but for the sake of, uh, you know, just throwing out there, where would he be a good fit? Saints. Um... Yeah, a bigger shout. Painfully Cleveland. Ooh. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. And the Vikings. I think that would be an interesting roster to have him on. I think, um, yeah, Cleveland would be an excellent shout. Cleveland and the Vikings because of the weapons that are already there. Yeah, um, I think he also grew up a Vikings fan, didn't he? Yeah, well, 
you know, if, the, if that's how they want to go, if the Vikings should be backing up the Brinks truck, because what are <laughs> they doing? They're too good to, you know, draft anyone high. They're too cheap to trade up, and yeah, you know, they're they're just kind of stuck in that Seattle position from a few years ago. Yeah, I also don't think that they're they're bad enough to uh, to merit giving up the the picks. Um, and also, like Arizona, will still be a, a team that sees themselves as being really, really close to being something special here. Um, maybe they end up moving on from Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury this off season, perhaps. Who knows? Maybe that's something that uh, Kyler might be trying to leverage um, a say into. But who really knows? Probably more likely that they're trying to get rid of him, and Kyler doesn't want him to go. I think it'd be Could more, also be the, case, be more yeah. the other way. I think if it was, mm. but they would have already I mean, done it because the. The coaching, you know, hires that have already happened were kind of late in that process. So if Kingsbury goes now. It's oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going now. I think it would be a silly time for him to go. Um, the, the the Cardinals just need to find a way to uh, be as good in the second half of the season as they are in the first half of the season, and then they'll be sold. Yeah, which is hard when you're in a division like that. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, moving on from that one and uh, on to some slightly more, well, no, severely more grim news. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Saints running back, was arrested on battery charges after allegedly beating the living daylights out of a man in Las Vegas almost immediately after the Pro Bowl. Uh, apparently there is footage near an elevator and everything, so it's sounding a lot like the Ray Rice saga of um, many years past in a number of ways. Um, if found guilty, this is up to five years in jail for Kamara, um, although it's you'd have to think it would be unlikely to get to that extent. But um, it's also somehow uh, only a minimum six-game suspension in the NFL. So um, I think that there's going to be a lot more talk about this one in the next little while. Um, obviously, from a human angle, it's horrific. Um, just really, really terrible to hear. And I don't know what the circumstances are around it, but there's very few <laughs> instances where it's okay to do something like this to a human being. Um, but more from a football angle, as we tend to uh, aim towards, you know, staying out of the legalities. Uh, newly appointed head coach Dennis Allen already has a lot to deal with in NOLA, um, but this is something he really did not need. Yeah, looking on the, the fans' Twitter, it looks like they're just expecting a further fourth-round running back draft now. Um, in the draft, they're expecting the team to draft someone. Um, mm-hmm. And it looked like they were going to do that anyway. Um, but yeah, it's tough. Apparently, yeah, they, they it was, could do it with it was on the Saturday yeah. night. So yeah. he was arrested on the Sunday. So we'll see. There's apparently loads of evidence, and they're indicating that the evidence points both ways in some regards. And you know, it's it's America's justice system's really complicated. Like they they do um, list the hardest charges because of the way they're trickle down legal system yeah. works so the things we're reading the day after are the worst they're gonna be because of the way they charge they charge at mm-hmm. the highest point and then it drifts down to you know a lower sentence or to civil so yeah we'll see which way it wants to go but either way it's going to tarnish his reputation um mm-hmm. and if it's a personal issue that's got out of hand it's still going to tarnish his reputation and the eyes of bands you know and i don't understand why they put themselves in a situation on on these kind of trips and just in general you know it's really strange but, yeah but well like there's something like you might be goaded into these sort of situations but 
and, and, and I don't want to get too much into the into the weeds on this one here, but you know, like players don't seem to do enough to keep themselves out of this stuff. It, it, you, you can be goaded in quite easily, but you need to know that you are a supreme athlete. You are going to be a target. You need to have people advise you on how to protect yourself in a, a non-physical, non-threatening manner. I do find it quite interesting from the point of view of, you know, we're Scottish and we're similar ages to people like Scott Brown and stuff. And, you know, these guys God, you're right. go on nights out in Dunfermline and <laughs> in um, Edinburgh and Glasgow and, you know, they don't get in trouble. And it does kind of show you that there's a way to do it. Um, yeah, unless you're Gary Mackay Steven and you go for a, a swim and stuff as well as that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kamara probably should have gone for a swim. Probably would have done better. Yeah, it would have been better for cooling himself off. Yeah. Yeah. So Jimmy Is there Johnston a river in Las Vegas? ended up in the river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Um, maybe 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 what what I'm hearing from you is Alvin Kamara should speak to some Scotsmen about how to go out on nights out and avoid these troubles. Yeah, because they'd be happening I think it might be a little five bit minutes if they happened in Scotland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very different, I would, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I think I'm... <laughs> Th- th- this is more than likely going to be at least that six-game suspension. I, I, whenever a player is involved in an altercation like this, if there's any shred of evidence, it usually ends up uh, going for at very least that minimum. So, yeah, the Saints have some work to do in that regard. And there's video. It's going to be like the Kareem Hunt thing, regardless of the the um, the situation. You know, the video is going to be the truth and, you know, people will yep. see it and won't be able to get it out of their head and it's going to affect his earnings and well, he does going forward if he avoids any criminal charges. So, yep, absolutely. You're going to start losing sponsorship deals and things from this as well. It's uh, it's probably going to be the, I'm sorry, it's surely going to be the most expensive fight he'll ever get himself into. Um. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like I said, not talking about the Tom Brady potential comeback because no, uh, it's not been official or anything anyway. Oh, so G. screw that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, Darren, the Super Bowl mm-hmm. is less than a week away now. Uh, so, obviously, this uh, will be the most talked about sporting event of the year. Uh, I mean, there are, there is um, uh, Winter Olympics on just now at the same time, which everyone's trying to say, like, oh, my God, this is just the best time for, for sports. But really, uh, I, I don't think that curling quite lines up with the thrill that you get of the Super Bowl, uh, if I'm perfectly back. honest. Yeah, I know exactly. We have a curling center of excellence there, uh, or center of curling excellence, whatever it is. I don't necessarily know. Um, I, I used to think it was somewhere that people used to go get their hair done, but um, yeah, not quite the same. Uh, but yeah, so obviously this is going to be talked about at length across the world. Um, so maybe we should just kind of focus in on a few key factors of the Bengals versus Rams matchup. So um, we're, perhaps we just look at each um, unit on the, on the team and just kind of look where we decide that they might have an edge. So um, I've kind of devised my own little system here. So I don't know necessarily how you want to do it. But, you just um, tell me what you think and I will tell you what I think. If you have a system, yeah, that's, 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 that's system, usually how this will, works. Yeah, I will meld into said system. That's right. I, I do all the work, and you uh, just just sort of uh, latch on for the kudos, right? Yeah, of course. Perfect. 
glad glad we have an understanding. So yeah, uh, ultimately, uh, like you know, will this game play out by the numbers, or do the Bengals have one more magic moment in them? I guess we'll be able to sew that up with some predictions towards the end. So um, rather than complicating it with matchups, uh, I just want to look at it unit by unit and say um, how I, I how I feel that they are on a scale of minus three to plus three, effectively. Okay. Uh, so, like, you know, a little bit of a, a, a twist on the, um, you know, F to A scale or your, um, you know, your, your, your one to ten sort of deal. Um, just because... I want to do something a little different. Okay. That's all. I'm just 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 being a bit um, of a contrarian, perhaps. Um, so, for example, um, let's think about the Bengals' offensive line. Quite bad, but they aren't awful. Although you would be forgiven for thinking so after they gave up nine sacks a couple of weeks back. Um, but they aren't totally awful on the whole. Uh, they're probably a little bit below average. So I give them a, a minus one grade. I might consider that down to a minus two. Um, and the Rams have a top five to ten O-line, so I'm going to give them a plus two on that one as well. Can you get me? Yep, fair. Sweet. Okay, cool, cool. So starting off with them, um, just getting them out of the way, the special teams units. So uh, obviously the Cincinnati Bengals have uh, McFearless on their side. Mm-hmm. So you've... Like the guy is mythical. Evan McPherson, kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals, has just been on on fire through the course of the uh, the playoffs and through the majority of the season as well. Um, I think over the last three games, he's kicked uh, four field goals each, each with at least one of fifty plus yards, and has done so with just so much swag uh, and and a plum. He's just so cool under pressure um, that you just have to think that he. Um, you know, he has to be trusted here. Maybe not quite of the tier of, say, the Justin Tucker uh, like, but he's certainly up there. Uh, not that I'm trying to compare him to Justin Tucker like someone compared Harrison Butker to Justin Tucker only to watch Butker miss his field goal immediately afterwards. That's Thanks, not what Jay. I'm doing here. Nice one, Jay Feely. Um, so that's my feeling on the Bengals there. Uh, I'm not going to bother with um, punters, uh, with all due respect. Um, but... Um, on the Rams side of things, um, you obviously have Matt Gay. He made his first Pro Bowl, um, but he's been a little bit shakier through through the the off season so far. But that has been down to injury. So with uh, with that in mind, I'm going to say that uh, the Rams get a, a plus two on this as well. I think that Matt Gay having a couple of weeks to rest up, um, he can still be a pretty consistent kicker in his time. I probably rank him a little bit below McPherson at this point. But yeah, I'd say just uh, split the difference between these two units. Yeah, I do think that obviously the kicking of McPherson is um, at like a level of confidence that will help the Bengals. You know, um, he has not missed any of his kicks in the postseason, and he nearly won me a fantasy league. So I'm, I'm very happy with McPherson. <laughs> so I'll take that. I would say Matt Gay isn't on the level of McPherson hasn't been all year mm-hmm. even with the even without the injury but i would say that we've got to watch with the rams the rams are quite creative when it comes to fourth and short on special teams they're more likely mm-hmm. to run a trick play and, com- and convert than probably the Bengals are um and you know they've shown in games big games 
that that can be a difference maker for them. So I think from an organizational point of view, the Rams kind of edge it in terms of, you know, they're going to get in the right places, probably pin the Bengals back on on punts and stuff. But, you know, yeah, just stuff at star they, power. They do have, yeah. And also the, the Rams yeah, still have their star power at punter in the form of Johnny Hecker who yeah, is uh, so. you know, a re- renowned, excellent punter. But, um, I mean, I shouldn't actually skip over um, Cincinnati punter Kevin Huber, who is a Cincinnati native, went to college in Cincinnati. Sorry, went to high school in Cincinnati, college in Cincinnati, was only ever played for the Bengals, and uh, now has a chance to win a Super Bowl with his hometown team. I think that's worth worth noting. Um, but, yeah, he's just a punter at the end of the day. Yeah. With all due respect, Kevin, with all due respect. Um, and if, if you're lucky, you'll never even need to see the field because uh, your team will be scoring every uh, drive. No, let's see that. <laughs> maybe maybe it's less, less likely. But anyway, I'll put that one as a push. Um, into the secondary. And uh, I think that you'd have to look at the star power of Jalen Ramsey uh, at the cornerback position, of course. Um, and and say that you know he gives them a you know big up there. But then on the other side you've got um, Dante Dion, who's a undersized cornerback who's probably played a little bit above actually no a lot above his weight of uh, about 150 pounds or whatever the hell it is. Um, Taylor Rapp is coming back um, from from injury, and Nick Scott's actually showed up quite a bit over the last little while. So combine that with the depth of David Long there, these are um, certainly an above average group. Um, but in honesty, in honesty, the Bengals haven't been too far behind them. I think uh, you've got Jesse Bates at uh, at safety is an absolute stud. He's not been quite as good this season as he has been in previous years. Uh, Chidobi Awuzie was an excellent pickup from Dallas, like um, and allowing some guys to walk from them last season. Uh, they, they brought in Awuzie on a reasonably big deal, and he's just been been really really good this season. Uh, as you'll find out in my... Actually, did, did I put him on my list? Yeah, I think I did put him on my list for next week. Uh, so, so, yeah, spoiler alert. Um, and Eli Apple has been a serviceable uh, cornerback on the opposite side from him. Um, maybe not when you're asking him to actually catch a bloody ball, but he can certainly get in the way, make a nuisance of himself. And uh, Mike, Mike Hilton is still an, an excellent nickel corner. Um, so, yeah, like for me, the the... Like breadth of the of the Bengals is probably better than that of the Rams by a fraction, but having the likes of Jalen Ramsey in there to just take out whoever he's against, unless it's Mike Evans on Tom Brady's last ever touchdown throw, um, you know it's um it's important. Yeah, I would say that obviously Ramsey's the the star name, the power, the reason you know he's at the Rams is because of that, but. I would say that for the sum of the parts, it isn't too. They're not too far off each other. Like um, Mike Hilden as a slot corner is the second highest ranked cornerback in the league by PFF. So mm. he's smashing it as that kind of nickel corner, and they're going to need someone like him to cover the cups. And Odell Beckham's coming out of the backfield, so I, I am. Um, I'm not too worried about the Bengals secondary and, and they are quite well supported and they, they do leave a lot of room for Hendrickson and Hubbard to get theirs and I think it's just a very you know, this defence has quite a good balance to it, considering it, at the start of the season you would have said, Oh, maybe it's not quite what you would want at the start of a season but they'd be yeah. able to rise to their level and 
you know, it's going to be so important. I think, um, yeah, Hilton definitely has that kind of escapability that might give, um, you know, uh, the quarterback whose name Stafford has completely yeah. like he's he doesn't read as well sometimes you know especially if he's under pressure so you know if Hendrickson and Hubbard get there then Hilton might be there to get a pick six and that could win the game so um definitely there from a unit point of view but obviously from a star power point of view you can't really look past Ramsey and what he can do to shut down one side of the field agreed and I think um that's kind of way that the Rams are built all the way through is to, to have at least one big uh, playmaker throughout the course of it. So obviously you've got Jalen Ramsey uh, on the on the defensive line. You've got Aaron Donald, although of course there's some other parts that have been added there over the course of the last little while too. Um, and then you know the, the same sort of deal on, on the offense, which is like just thin, like sort of thickened up over the last little while at least. Anyway, um, but like for like for the secondaries, I've got them both as a, a, a plus one. Um, but it's it's verging into that plus two territory, especially for the Rams on the basis of Jalen Ramsey. Yep. Uh, and the aforementioned Aaron Donald is obviously on the defensive line. Uh, now, initially in my um, my system here, I gave him a plus two because obviously Aaron Donald is probably the best non-quarterback in the NFL. I mean. It's hardly even probable anymore. <laughs> He's just so disruptive. And then you brought in Von Miller, who is a, you know, has been a bit of a fading force, but uh, he's still good enough for like the fourth best pass rushing or fourth best overall um, defensive grade on the uh, of all edge rushers this season, which is exactly what they would want from him. Uh, Leonard Floyd on the other side has been um, pretty pretty handy too, but of course that's going to happen whenever you've got Aaron Donald come up through the middle. Ashawn Robinson's been uh, been a bit of a, a a stuffer as well. Like he's he's really got involved, and you know, Greg Gaines has actually popped up um, and become a bit of a force on that line too. So I'm I'm kind of looking to revise my um, plus two, but in that last game, I don't think they actually managed to sack Jimmy G at all. Now, of course, they were going up against a, a very good offensive line in the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm just going to leave them at, at two here for now. Mm. But when you have a plus two defensive line going up against a, a minus one offensive line like the Bengals, that is a recipe for disaster. And if, if, if anything is going to swing this game in the Rams' favor, it's that defensive line versus offensive line matchup, uh, which is uh, lopsided to say the least on paper. But that's the thing. Yeah, you kind of think that What's going to probably end up happening is that they'll they'll lean into that, they'll invite that, so they can get the passes off quicker. Yeah, um, but they should know that. Yeah, but then ways to ways to utilize that with someone like uh, you know that's you know like Ramsey that's out there, you can definitely kind of cover a zone quite easily and maybe pick some of them off as well. So tough one, tough for the Bengals' line, tough for Burrow. He's not really getting much um, opportunity to have a break, <laughs> is he? But I think he revels in it. So, oh, absolutely. Like uh, we'll, we'll get on to Burrow, uh, like further down this list here. But um, yeah, he's a guy who you feel you can trust in the, in, in, like not to shrink in the big scenarios. Um, but on the defensive line for the Bengals, um, they've 
probably performed better than you'd expect through the course of the season. I think uh, the pickup of Trey Hendrickson has really stood out for them. Um, a lot of people were a bit sceptical about him coming over from New Orleans. But um, he's really kind of stepped up, proved himself. DJ Reader has been really good at nose tackle. Sam Hubbard has been uh, ever-present on that line. And uh, BJ Hill has actually somehow uh, come in there and really started to make a name for himself too. I think, um, you know, obviously they're a few steps down from, from the Rams here, but they're still a good defensive line. Uh, and I've, I've put them in at plus one. Yeah, I think DJ Reader is, you know, when you hear someone's name called a lot, that kind of tells mm-hmm. you DJ Reader's name must get called like 20 times a game. So Yeah, for a guy who's a nose tackle as well, that's, um, you know... Yeah, it's kind of an you, old-fashioned you're position. You're not quite an Aaron Donald... Yeah, you're not quite an Aaron Donald territory there or anything, but uh, yeah, he's um, he's been a, a real uh, addition from Houston over in the off-season. Yeah, from the linebackers' perspective, um, they've probably also outperformed themselves a little bit. Uh, but the, the system that um, the Bengals run doesn't really rely particularly heavily on having many linebackers in there. But um, of the linebackers that they do tend to play, Logan Wilson has played excellent this season. Um, and so he'll be relied upon to, to see if he can shut down that, that run and uh, maybe even cover the likes of Tyler Higby from time to time. Uh, so that's that's quite an interesting matchup, I would say. Um, just depends on how they decide to utilize him. But uh, I think it's a it's a good it's a good not great linebacker core. I ended up putting them down to to minus uh, one, based on like the fact that it's not really a a linebacker based team. No, they're but, definitely uh, not really focused on on that, are they? They're, they're mm. more focused on getting um, you know Trey Flowers and the Wuzier and Apple into space and then, you know, using Hendrickson and Hubbard to, to kind of close the gaps wherever they're needed. Mm. So, yeah, I'd say they don't really worry about linebackers. It's not really been a focus for them. But look, in the off season, if they can get themselves a blue chipper, then, you know, that's just one more thing for them. Yeah, yeah. And um, on the... Oh, sorry, and Jesse, Angeles... Bates. Jesse Bates at safety is kind of the linebacker. He plays like four different yeah. positions when he's on. Yeah, this is true. He's very much a, a roving sort of safety when uh, when he's being utilized properly. And yeah, with a guy with that skill set, you may as well do it. Um, I, I quite like to see him even using the pass rush a bit more often. You know, maybe make him like a like not quite the Jamal Adams hybrid, but um, you know, if you got someone like that, mix him up a little bit. Use use his skills. Yeah. On the on the Los Angeles side of things, again, not really a big linebacker team. Um, Troy Reader uh, had a pretty good season this year. Obviously, Von Miller is um, considered an edge, but he's technically listed as a as a will linebacker. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I'm not going to be including Von in this one. He's an edge to me; always will be. Um, uh, they kind of employ Leonard Floyd in the same way as well, but again, it's that like edge of a like you, you've essentially got five guys on that line uh, most times, and then you've got your linebackers in behind them. Don't really rate much else there I've, I've put them down as a minus two um but yeah that's never going to be their strength um it's not really what they're built for but really who needs to have something like that there when you've got aaron donald taking up three guys directly in front of you <laughs> no that's that's how they they do it eh? indeed it is um from the offensive lines perspective uh, i've already made a lot about the deficiencies of the of the bengals and i think this is the 
the unit that could be their undoing in this game. But people have said that about the Bengals for, well, depending on how you look at it, weeks or the entire season, really, because they've, they've not been good. Uh, Jonah Williams has been all right. Uh, Quentin Spain's been all right. But um, when you look over to the, the right-hand side with Isaiah Prince and Hakeem Adeniji, they're just pretty, pretty bad. Um, and that is going to be a, a real problem for them. You're going to really need to get some help from a, a good blocking tight end there, I would say. Um, if I was the <laughs> was the Bengals, I would actually be looking to employ a fullback just to go and help over on that side a bit more often, perhaps. Uh, or get in another lineman because you know, you're really going to struggle over that way. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be really concerned about this this line. That being said, I only gave them a minus one because I, and I, but I, I think it is probably, I'm probably looking at it more from the perspective of just the type of quarterback that Joe Burrow is. Yeah, so I'm maybe give giving him them a little seconds. bit of benefit of the doubt. Yeah, because that's probably all he needs. Yeah. Uh, or, he, or he can run himself around a little bit. But yeah, like I say, if if Burrow goes and gets sacked nine times, he can still win a game. He's he's proven that. Um, but yeah, he's he's able to just get back up. But you don't want to risk these guys getting hit. The last thing you want is to have Joe Burrow knocked out in the first quarter and just have your your entire season go down to nothing and have the most boring Super Bowl in history with Brandon Allen as the backup quarterback. Um, on the Rams side of things. <laughs> Sorry, on you go. He might surprise you. I mean, he, no. <laughs> we've seen Nick Foles do it, I suppose, <laughs> but I don't think I have ever seen anything like that from Brandon Allen with respect to him. Uh, and I had to watch him be my quarterback for a while. Um, on the Los Angeles side of things, um, the, the offensive line, they've been a bit inconsistent over the last couple of years. There was a point where they were um, effectively the best offensive line in the league. And then they took a massive step back last season but this season, they've really stepped back up into it, including uh, Andrew Whitworth just being back to his best. Um, Rob Havenstein is having a good season again. Uh, the acquisition of Austin Corbett from Cleveland has been really good. Um, even when Whitworth was... Was Whitworth or Havenstein who was out the other week? It was it was Whitworth, wasn't it? Yeah, he's just and come had, back. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals, of course. Um, but even when he was out, Joseph Noteboom stepped up and was nothing short of spectacular against the uh, Buccaneers. He was absolutely superb. Um, really solid offensive line. That's really going to be a bit of a linchpin in terms of how this uh, this game goes as well. Like I say, I reckon this is going to be one lost in the trenches for the most part. Um, and um, yeah, that the, the lineup of them against that um, Cincinnati front is going to be interesting. Yeah, I think the, the Rams offensive line just full of vets and you know with um if Higby can play giving them a bit of support as well and, and, and McVeigh's just always been very good at you know working to his strengths and he'll 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 know where the deficiencies are um I would say though it's really interesting because like Brian Allen's been really good but they've also got Austin Cor- Corbett who's come back from injury and things like that so it's like in the off season, they're going to have a couple of pieces they'll be able to move. Like, um, you know, if they want to keep Joe Noteboom, boom, they can. But they're going to have players that they can trade because other teams will need players. But I just think, from an actual like platoon standpoint, from a someone goes down, bring someone in. This team's going to be so well trained, and they're all just vets. And I don't yeah. think I think they know what they are, 
and there's not a lot of drop-off between players coming in and out if they're tired, if they need a rest, if they need to move around. I think they'll be able to keep a consistent level of performance that allows Stafford to to do what he needs to do, um, which you can't say for the Bengals. You know, the Bengals are definitely a... If you lose a couple of people off that line, it's going to drop even worse. So, oh, big time. You you cannot afford to lose um, your, your good pieces on that offensive line um, because, yeah, like I said, the drop-off is... Uh, it's a chasm after after some of the guys they've got there. Yeah, yeah. I um, the Ram, For me, the Rams are much higher rated. I think, I think um, the Bengals would kill for a Joe Noteboom and he's probably going to start on the bench. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I would happily take him over and put him in place of um, most of the guys on the other side. But um, well, yeah, it's unfair because given... Riley Reef is injured. So if Riley Reef was there oh, and Jonah enough. Williams is on the other side, that's a very different. But he's not a very different line. But he's not there, so you know you can only go with what what you've got in front indeed. of you. Indeed, in, indeed, that is exactly the case. Um, so yeah, I gave the Rams' offensive line a plus two um, because they are really, really solid. Uh, running backs and tight ends. Like I mean, Joe, Joe Mixon on the on the Bengals side, um, he has had a really good season, but um, he's he's not. You don't want him to be your center point here. You want to be using uh, Joe Burrow out to out to those wide receivers. Um, I, I can I can see Mixon being stuffed a couple of times in this one here. Like over the last couple of weeks, the Bengals have been insistent on trying to ram it down the the throats of the defensive line. Uh, not to much great effect. Like Mixon could break one off. He could find himself uh, at the center of this game here, but you should be going through the, the wide receivers instead. Um, I'm not sure what the deal is with uh, CG Ozoma at, at tight end because he had a rather nasty-looking injury in, in the game and the other week. He said today but he'll um, play even if it kills him. So, Well, I think that would be uh, like a bad bit of publicity for the NFL if a man <laughs> dies during the Super Bowl. So I'm just going to say, CJ, look after yourself, rehab, and put yourself in a good position to help your team. But um, yeah, your, your health comes first, and um, don't do it just for you. Do it for your teammates. Isn't Higby in exactly the same spot? They've got exactly the same injury. It's like kind of weird. Something along those lines, yeah. Um, uh, and like... Even if uh, if Higby's unable to go, Kendall Blanton has looked pretty good over the last couple of weeks. You've got, got to say, whenever he's had an opportunity, which has been purely in the playoffs, because I think he had one catch all season before that, um, dude stepped up. He's had like 60 yards on five receptions um, like in, in the last two games or something. So, you know, he's, he's clearly he's clearly there and, and a professional football player. So it's not so bad. Um on the, on the running back side of things, uh, I think um, we've got Cam Akers is looking better after a bit of a scare. Um, I don't know what his injury status is at the moment. Um, between him and Sony Michelle, I think like maybe you'd have to say they have, they have a better group of running backs, but mm. I'm still not entirely convinced that they would be better than a Joe Mixon. But behind that offensive line, they will play better than a Joe Mixon. See, I... I... I don't disagree that Mixon's probably the most famous name and the most consistent player on hmm. this list of all the players. But I would say that the most important player for this game is Pirine. Smasher Pirine, yes. Because he can absolutely. get the ball, he can catch. Mixon, Akers and Michelle can't catch. Um, or haven't really proven they can catch any time recently. <laughs> Whereas Pirine, 
if the d offensive line is going to be weakened, if they are going to get pushed into Burrow, P. Ryan being there to break off a six-yard run on a check down, that's really important for this game. And, yeah. you know, if I was McVeigh and it was a different time of year, I'd be looking at, like, maybe, oh, what can I do with, like, Tutu Atwell and stuff like that. But he's injured and, you know, <laughs> two weeks isn't enough to bring in anything new. So I kind of think that for the game plan they're going to have to use, I think the the personnel that the Bengals have is a better fit for this game than what the um, than what the Rams have. The Rams don't really have a plan B. They only seem to have two players that are quite similar. Um, mm. And we'll see, you know, Daryl Henderson injured. So, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's on So he's hard. kind of their pariah. Like, <clears> it's, you know, it's just two different sides of the same core of Acre. Acre's probably a bit more athletic than Michelle, but they're both going down the middle, you know. So Yeah, but like I say, I think a lot of that will depend on the, the offensive line, and I would definitely trust the Rams' offensive line more than the Bengals. But um, yeah, running that read over. Like, yeah, yeah, this, this is true. But um, yeah, I guess it's uh, it's just it's down to the matchups, which is kind of what we're looking to decide upon here. Uh, <laughs> well, what's your grade? Um, uh, uh, I give them both a plus one because oh, they're both both good. Sitting on the fence. Well, I mean, I could have given them a zero each, but I'd Joe actually Mixon say just ran for an injured, yards. an injured Higby, Blanton, uh -huh. Michelle, uh -huh. and Acres is a minus two for me. A minus two for you. Yeah, okay, I think that's a really poor Super Bowl flex position. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I can absolutely respect your uh, your grading there. Um, I'm not going to adjust mine. Uh, because I, I don't want to because I've already I've already done my little calculations here that's fair um, um, but um, scientific yeah, I'll wait and see obviously you've been uh, you've been scorned by Tyler Higby through the course of however many seasons in fantasy and uh, and right, him he, just not quite producing when you he keeps getting touchdowns ruled out it's just devastating well, anyway well maybe he should start getting them ruled in that's my advice to him <laughs> anyway Right now on to the wide receivers and um, two very interesting uh, cores here. I think um, obviously looking at the Cincinnati Bengals side of things, you've got Jamar Chase as your your superstar uh, in year one. The guy has just blown people out of the water, been absolutely stunning. Um, but then the depth behind them here is still really really good. Uh, T Higgins steps up whenever he's needed. He's had a, f a few games over 100 yards this season. Um, so if ever Jamar Chase is being covered out by Jalen Ramsey, then you're going to be having someone like T. Higgins lined up against the likes of uh, Dante Dion, which is a, a mismatch for the ages because Higgins <laughs> can really go up and get it. Um, and Tyler Boyd is no slouch at wide receiver three. If you've got Tyler Boyd, who's a, a good mid to high end uh, wide receiver two playing your wide receiver three spot, you you have a lot of depth there, and um, yeah, I think that it's a it's a pretty special uh, wideout core. I kind of I think purely on the basis, I don't know. I I want to give them a, a plus three, but I don't know. I, I just don't quite trust it to all go that way. But um, I yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with what I've got done here, which is a plus two. For me. Yeah, I think it's a um, plus two. I think they're kind yeah. of missing a Van Jefferson um, kind of yeah. player that can come in and help them out. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, they're on for like one to three, they can compete with anyone. Um, Absolutely. But you know, you're assuming that they're going to have to spread out a bit more if if they double, because you assume Ramsey will. You know, we don't know what they'll do, but it's most likely Ramsey or Mark Higgins, which allows someone to double team chase. And yeah. you know, then you're relying on Boyd. And then they don't really have yeah. anyone else to come out. That's why I think P Ryan's gonna be really important because he'll have to get into, yeah, the, I think, into uh, the soft zone. Yeah, you might be onto something there with uh, P Ryan being a bit of a wild card in this one. Um at the very least good for, for an important player or two in this one. Um so definitely keep your keep your eye on him. Um on the Rams side of the things and wide receiver, of course, you've got the triple crown holder, Cooper Cup, um, who was just obviously stellar this year. Uh, the aforementioned Van Jefferson has, has really stepped up when, when asked to. And Odell Beckham Jr. finally finding some success, uh, albeit in perhaps a different role to what we expected. Um, he's, he's getting the touchdowns and they're they're maybe just utilizing him in a in a completely different way to what, what people were aiming for before. He's not. Um, uh, he's not a vertical threat. This is the thing. I don't. I think Freddie Kitchen mm. ruined him for the world. You know, playing four verticals yeah. and just tossing it up. That's not how Odell plays. And they've been able to play him in a way that Cup takes the soft, and Odell can kind of get a pick. You know, a pick run mm-hmm. through Cup and Higby. That's just getting him. And you know, obviously Stafford's got really good timing with that. So they've been able to do that, and they're also running really quick fades, which kind of suit Odell. He's really good at the over the hand, over the head catches. So. I think mm. they've just been able to tailor something to him, and you know, who's the best? Sammy Vay is probably one of the best at tailoring to a certain player. So, well, um, yeah, I, I think Odell is playing as good as he's always been. I just don't think he's had much opportunity. Yeah, it's just a matter of using him properly. Yeah. Now, I think um, that that's kind of it for the Rams. There's not much depth behind your your top three. Well, so yeah, Atwell was uh, injured, and yeah, they've got what's it, Skoranek? It's like the is the yeah. um, number four, number five now. Yeah, so. and Brand- Brandon Powell's there, there too, but it's not really much you'd be particularly confident in. So, I I did have them as a, a plus three originally, but just looking at that lack of depth there, uh, I'm gonna move them down to a plus two, uh, with respect. Um, but like on their on their day, either one of these wide receiving cores can can be the best in the league. Um, it just depends on the other things around them, as is the case with any NFL team and any NFL unit. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, you maybe have to just give it to the Rams. I would say. I'd say off um, of experience, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. It'd be amazing for Tutu Atwell to be there. It'd be amazing for them to have a little bit more of a foil in terms of backup. But you know, they lost yeah. Atwell and they lost Woods, and you can kind of say it's a snaking its tail because if Woods hadn't gone down, they wouldn't have signed Odell. But next mm. year, man, next well, I year. I think they, they were all, had they not already signed Odell by that point. No, they, I think they, he signed. Oh, maybe he. I think his first game might have actually. Oh, maybe. I think it was um, his first game uh, was when Woods got injured. Yeah. Which is what yeah. kind of was ruined it? him because he had two really bad games because they didn't know what to do with him because yeah. Woods wasn't there. Yeah, um, he couldn't couldn't break him in slowly. But um, yeah, like not having Robert Woods there is going to be a big miss for them. If they had Woods in there, he's easy three star um, or three um, three, three out, plus for three me. Or minus six or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is I'm doing. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know, Dan. Like I would make these things up on the spot in the course of uh, an hour after my work. So uh, I think I'm doing all right here. Um, on the uh, the most important position in all the sports, quarterback, we've got Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, 
versus Matt Stafford, the um, the the man who's a long suffering lion. Lions fans are just happy to see him succeed. Um, I think that Joe Burrow, given what he's got around him in in a good bunch of wide, a really good bunch of wide receivers, a, a pretty poor offensive line, uh, he's had nothing short of an elite season, and that that is reflective of my uh, plus three grade. Um, here, I think that he, he's by far the best quarterback in this one, but that's not to say that Matt Stafford is not absolutely capable of destroying the Bengals uh, in this one as well. Um, I, I have only given Stafford a, 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 a plus one in this one, but Staff Stafford is one of these guys. He's just in such a high variance um, when he plays. He can be he can be good for four touchdowns in a game, but he can also be good for putting up um, four or five turnover-worthy plays as well. Um, I think uh, McVay is going to be either careful, which would be annoying because I don't want to see that again after that Patriots Super Bowl a couple of years back. Or you could just say, you know what, Matt, you can make all the throws. Just go out, go for it. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're damned if, uh, if you, you know, <laughs> if you're off on some of these, but if you hit, then you know it's a seventy-yarder to Cooper Cup every time. There's there's potential for it to happen. Um, so yeah, it's although Joe Burrow definitely has the edge as a quarterback. It's maybe more of the sum of the parts around them that is going to determine this one here. I think Joe Burrow. I think I said Joe Burrow before. It's great. Um, Joe Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, I think. Is that Johannesburg? Yeah, sorry. yeah I think so. <laughs> um, I think we're underplaying Stafford because of how, and you know, to say how cool Joe Cool actually is. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many stories this week and next week, uh, you know, over the next four or five days, about how Burrow was like, you know, gets into fights at LSU because he was bored and missed <laughs> missed a big Ramy against offensively defense one day because he was resting so he came back and started it all so he could be involved like <laughs> um he's always kind of had that vibe and that's translating into the nfl and it's amazing for him and it's amazing for the Bengals, you know to get that kind of that kind of luck after a few down years um mm-hmm. but i think we're underplaying stafford a bit because true you know yeah, absolutely people fair. are judging the rams based on losing to the 49ers at the end of the season and having a couple of quite poor games near the end of the season, but <laughs> Stafford isn't the one who's turning the ball over. <laughs> He's doing what he needs to do to win. Um and I think he does have it in him to win this game. If they if he needs to make the throw, I think he can do it. Um and I think he's more consistent at doing it than Burrow is. Or has mm. a better He's more experienced, and I think that that does come into it in games like this. You saw Brady and Mahomes last year; like it does matter when someone's, you know, made more throws in their life. Mm. Um, but I don't know. This might not be. This might be the Bengals' year. It might not be the Rams' year. But I think I did kind of indicate to you yesterday. I I just from doing this NFC heart team or whatever we're gonna we'll go on to next. Yeah. The, the NFC is rubbish. Like <laughs> honestly, if if um Wilson moves or Wilson sits or Kyler, any of that happens, Stafford could be in like the next four Super Bowls. Like 
The Rams are... It's not out with the realms of possibility. Um, who were they against? They're but... against the Packers who are about to lose Rodgers, maybe. The Bucks who have lost Brady. The 49ers who don't know what they're doing. Might be Brady, might be Jimmy G, might be Lance Armstrong. Don't, like, don't even do could Brady be thing. <laughs> anything. But you know what the Rams have? They have Stafford. They have McVeigh. Uh, and yeah, I'd say and, the over-under on Super Bowls or NFC Championships is two in the next four years. I think the Rams are right there to create a dynasty if they can win this game. But this game is close. It depends on what happens with the with their, their salary cap and everything I else going fits, forward. Because the salary cap is about to go up picks, next so. not, In a year's time it goes up. So mm. it'll just depend on how players age. You know, Robert Woods yeah, will be absolutely. 31. Um, yeah. Higby will be 31. Um, God, really? And they've oh, got to crazy. get a couple more O-linemen. <laughs> so... Yeah, but anyway, um, I think staff. I, I think, think it's really even between the intangibles are on Burrow's side. Look, I've I've seen enough Matthew Stafford to know that you never ever count that guy out. I've I've watched him uh, since day one when he was drafted by the Lions. Uh, I've I watched him go through adversity. I've watched him make crazy crazy throws. Uh, he is one of the greatest competitors in the league. He uh, is smart. He can make all those throws. He can sometimes make some silly stuff, but I would, I would love to see him win. Um, there's n- nothing that would make me happier than to see Matthew Stafford. Well, there is a few things that would make me happier, happier than this. But Matthew Stafford uh, winning a Super Bowl after everything he's been through would be fantastic. It would be a great feel-good story. But as far as I'm concerned, there's a feel-good story on both sides of this mm. ball, regardless of what the winner is. I am happy for whoever wins this game. Um, and if my uh, if my rankings are to be believed, the Bengals ended up on plus eight and the Rams on plus nine, it's going to be close. But that's not how that works because we just also took special teams into account, including how good the punter is uh, and linebackers. So the weighting isn't really up there. I've not done that properly. But I think the consensus will be that the Rams have this game Uh, to their advantage at least anyway it lines up nicely for them but the Bengals are that fairy tale team they just keep finding inexplicable ways to to win and uh, and with that Darren I'm going to ask you first of all for one player to watch from each team and don't be afraid to go too obvious uh, but you can go a little bit more uh, dark horsey if you want and I want you to give me an MVP Actually, no. Screw screw MVP because it's a stupid award. Just give me the score and the winner after that. And it was at this point that we had a bit of a technical hitch. Uh, Darren has now learned to keep his laptop plugged in during recordings to prevent any power saving coming into effect. So we do apologise for that. Uh, I'm afraid that we will not have time to do our all-heart teams at this point. So... We will do them another time. And we promise that, right, Darren? Because I've put in the, yep. the, the hard yards here. It's, so it's written. We've actually written something down. It's there. So we're going to have to get this done. Well, you know what my first one was. So yeah, exactly. You know I put some work into oh, Yeah, I, I, this is true. This is true. And that's just going to work as a bit of a, a teaser for the folks out there. Uh, that, that Darren um, floored me with his first pick. It was a, a, a really interesting one. Uh, but we'll come back to that later. So, firstly, Darren, would you please apologise to the lovelies? Oh, I'm sorry. You're. I'm also happy. I noticed. 
Yes. And it was only about five minutes <laughs> that had passed and not another 25 minutes. Me so. too. Uh, so yes. Ha- having a look back to the, like, uh, the recording, because obviously I stopped a little bit further in um, and I just see me having a little conversation with myself and it's there's nothing sadder than just 30 seconds of silence <laughs> followed by a, hmm, yes. It's like, oh, I'm sure I saw this conversation happen with that crazy guy on the bus the other day. Um so yeah, it's it's quite quite sad to see me go down that that hole there. Anyway, but yes, Darren, you are forgiven. Uh, but again, <laughs> I am going to ask you, first of all, for one player to watch from each team, and don't be afraid to go obvious; it's allowed. But you can also go a little bit more dark horsey if you want. Ah, uh, oh, okay. Indeed, like entirely up to you. But your what what you did initially say to me and to no one else was very good. So if you can remember what it was you said, then by all means, please do that again. Um, and and yeah, so I'm not going to ask I'm you. Gonna give wait, you... Wait, 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 wait. I'm also not going to ask you for an MVP. I just want you to give me the score and the winner after that. Please go ahead. Okay, I can do that. So instead of giving you just one player, I'll give you a, a team MVP or team player to watch. Very kind of you. A, and a dark horse. So Whoa. for the Rams, clearly, you know, if you're going team player to watch, it's Cooper Cup. Everything goes for him. Yep. If he's on his game, if he's creating space, then, you know, watch out Bengals. Um, you know, he's just, as I said, triple crown winner, beard, he has it. He's, he's, he's one to watch, and it's a, amazing that a player like him is in this game. It's really cool that, um, you know, often players like this are on teams that don't really make it this far. Um, you know, to get that many touches, to get those awards, usually means that you know, they're on a team where they're really relied upon. Yeah. Whereas the Rams kind of have this balance that is unexpected based on those numbers, and he can just break it off and it'll be really exciting to watch. Um, my dark horse for the Rams uh, is any other quarterback other than Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going to be interesting you know, to see how that, that plays out, certainly. Yeah, it's it's just because of the game. You know, like, um, so as we said, we're probably going to find T. Higgins against Ramsey, therefore, um, and therefore double-teaming Chase. And they're going to have to knock the ball out. Burrow, they need to knock Burrow off his stride. They need to get turnovers fast in the game mm-hmm. um, and consistently. And I think the, cor- the other cornerbacks are the ones that are going to have to jump routes. They're going to have to punch the ball out. They're going to have to just fight every tackle. Yeah. Um, You're going to have Dave, David Long so, and Dante Dion are going to have their hands full with whoever else they have to take on. Um, well, David Long's my boy. Yeah. Like David Long, <laughs> like when we did, when we first started this pod i think it was like the second pod i was like second round taylor rap third round david long god i may as well have been rams for the <laughs> gm that that draft because that's exactly how they were yeah you nailed it i think um, it was a 19th yeah. pick in round two and 20th and round three or whatever it was or yeah it's just all over it i was like i think originally i'd said i wanted david long to go in the first round Mm-hmm. And you were like, "Oh, he's not that good." And I was like, oh, "He'll go to the Rams in round three. Yeah, that, so, that's yeah, what um, you said. That's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> he's good enough to play. Therefore, he'll end up at a good team that isn't like immediately needing a player. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if David Long, let's say that David Long is the dark horse. Yeah, team. I think a um, friend of the show, Taylor Rapp, could uh, be be up for a good return here as well. Um, I think he'll end up being used in coverage quite a bit too. Uh, especially on those deep balls, which you know they they do like to throw. So um, 
watch out for him versus uh, Jamar Chase at points. I think that'll be a really interesting matchup. Yeah, um, on the Bengals side, I think MVP or player to watch is definitely Burrow. There's no other way around it. Just got (laughs) to watch him cook, see what he can do. Game rests on him on the Bengals side. Um, You know, he has ice in his veins at times. Sometimes he does look a little small. He does get hit a lot. So, um, but he always yeah, gets up. To watch. He always gets up. Yeah. Well, uh, apart, from that, apart from that, from that one time last year when he didn't get up, but let's hope that that yeah. doesn't happen because I don't know if we included it in this recording or not. But I do not want to see Brandon Allen in this game whatsoever. <laughs> do not let it happen. Yeah. Uh, it's always the commander's tackle or something in you know, a game that doesn't matter. Or, you know, it's always that kind of game where something happens. But um, I think. It rests on him, and he'll be the one to watch. Uh, from the dark horse point of view, I think that the holder, Kevin Hubert, <laughs> will be the um, will be the dark horse, the important player. Yeah. Hopefully not the narrative, because nothing's knocking McFearless off his game other than the holder not bringing the ball down properly. So exactly. And that, it's I that, just, it's, it just seems like that kind of game. Yeah, it, it, that, it's, it's that thing that um, I got upset with Tony Romo about last week where he was already anointing the Bengals as going through and they're going, these guys are going to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, well, he needs to make the kick first. And you, of all people, know that, you know, there can be a problem with the hold. So I really do hope that it does not happen to Kevin Huber because that would be so awful. <laughs> I think, I think but it's also that's just, a really, really cool As I one said, when down. we talked about, yeah, when we talked about the... Um, the ratings, you know, for the the position groups, and I kind of think special teams, yeah, maybe where it's one loss, unfortunately, and and the Bengals, you know, that's something that you hope that they're will have cleaned up a bit, mm. and um, yeah, it's just you don't want to, oh, I don't know, I just think a McVeigh coach team just has it when it comes to that stuff, and yeah, that's the dark horse for me is that maybe the Bengals mm. away from home, Super Bowl, oh, you know. It's that kind of mistake, a muff punt, or you know, I'll, yeah. So yeah, I say, well, I'll edit change, it a little bit. Yeah, I won't le- put it all on Kevin Huber, but I'll say the special teams, you know, kind of Packers esque. Oh, hopefully not. God, I hope but, not. That's horrible. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and be a little bit more conventional with um my <laughs> <laughs> my ones there and just say like maybe keep an eye on the safeties for Cincinnati because I think Von Bell and Jesse Bates could go a long way to deciding this game. I think they're two very good players, but they're going to be coming up against some some wide receivers who are going to get some balls thrown to them regardless um, of, of whoever else is around there. So, yeah, keep an eye on that. I reckon that there's a, there's a turnover in there somewhere. Yeah. Not to Eli Apple because he like can't a, catch. No, no, but he can cover space. So. Yeah. All right, Darren, score and winner of Super Bowl 56. Give it to me. So... Just in stages. I think at halftime, it will be twenty-seven to the Rams. Is that is that at twenty to seven or twenty-seven yeah. two? Is there a safety in this game? No. <laughs> twenty-two seven. Okay. No, this isn't the this isn't the Broncos, man. Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think at full time it will be thirty all. Ooh, yeah. Okay, spicy. I like it. And then I think Stafford will win it. <gasps> In overtime, Ooh. so I think um, McVeigh will have his slip up like he always does in the big games, but I think they'll ride it. Mm-hmm. 
just like they did the week before. And I think they'll win in overtime. Oh man, right. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty good uh, good sounding Super Bowl there. I'd be quite happy with that one. Yeah, I just think Sonny Michelle, Akers and McVeigh have it in them to really F this up. Oh absolutely. Just at the end of the game. Yeah. To get them back into it, especially with Burrow and Chase and you know, the the ability to get that like one off big play. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think I like I I, I don't see Touchwood. Uh, this being a game that goes like the Rams' last appearance in the Super Bowl, which was one of the worst games of football I've ever witnessed, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope for a high scorer as well. And we mentioned this in a previous recording. I can't quite remember how it was I went, but I think I said I, I thought it would be like just for the sake of it being a bit nuts. Uh, I said 21 all at the half, and then I said 42 all at the end of the, <laughs> at the end of regulation followed by an Evan McFearless winner in overtime. I am going to stray ever so slightly. After, after two or three rounds, after two or three goals, yeah. you know, with two <laughs> minutes to go in the Super Bowl. Exactly. The NFL like pulling their hair out, like what do we do if it goes to another overtime? <laughs> just just keep it going. Just They will just continue to score back and forth to the end of time. They will continue to play until uh, the actual players themselves have had to give up on their bodies and uh, they have to draft new players to continue the game, and um, that's <laughs> how it's going to be. But then, of course, that will eventually go in favour of the Bengals because the Rams have no draft picks. There we go. You heard it here first. But no, yeah. I'm, I'm... I did see. I watched the um, the Alex Ferguson documentary, and they did the the um, talking about when he dropped Jim Layton mm-hmm. for the Cup final for the second leg. Yeah. And it's like they play an FA Cup final on a Saturday. There's eighty thousand people there, and it ends one all, and they go and play it on the Thursday night at Villa Park. Yeah, <laughs> like you would never get away with that in the NFL. No, who thought that was a good idea? It's a very, very <laughs> stupid like, idea. <laughs> yeah, so at least we're not going to get that. No, th- thankfully, thank you NFL for something there. Um, I am going to actually revise my prediction now because you sent me through the the perfect picture for uh for the cover uh or of our post <laughs> and i just can't help myself but by go for it so instead of it being uh 42 all at the end of the game i'm going to say it's going to be 31 all at the end of the game and cincinnati's evan mcpherson is going to snatch the winner 34 31 bengals win their first ever super bowl Joe Burrow is anointed the hero. They'll be dancing in the streets of Cincinnati. There will be much joy, much lighting of things on fire. It's going to be beautiful. And no one will really care in Los Angeles because they don't really like football. Yeah, I just wish he played for, like, the Saints or something. I just can't deal with the Spangles. That's fine. Well, you're going to have to, man, and you're probably going to have to deal with it for 15 years at least. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. Oh, well, so um, I think we're, we're both feeling it's going to be a close game. We're certainly both hoping for it. I think I'm more along the lines of I just want a good game. I don't necessarily have a particular preference one way or another. I've got some friends who are, who are Rams fans. Uh, I, would be, I would be very happy to see the Rams win uh, for close family friend Christine McConaughey, amongst others. Um in terms of the Bengals, though, I just love the story that they've got there as well. I think most people other than yourself would be happy to see them win. Um, so, yeah, I'm just hoping for a good game, man. Yeah, same. I just 
I think it will be a good game. I'm kind of happy that there's no Mahomes, Brady. Yes. Oh, man. Thank, it's a thank God there's a changing stars. of the guard. Yeah, I've been... It's not even really a changing of the guard for Mahomes. I think he'll be back. But, oh, know, yeah. It's definitely... Well, uh, definitely, I just can't believe the triple-headed dragon that the AFC is going to have going forward with Burrow and Mahomes and Allen. It's just amazing for the sport. Well, the, the age of the, uh, the, the superstar, like megastar quarterback is... Uh, is, is rotating just now and who knows we might have some coming up in this uh, this season's draft people don't tend to like them very much at the moment but um who knows maybe malik willis could be the next big thing uh desmond ritter, desmond ritter maybe from cincinnati i have i have takes on desmond ritter but we'll um we'll leave them until after the super save it for the draft podcast darren save it for the draft podcast in the meantime anything else you would like to add no sorry that we didn't get to the all heart 11 but we'll we'll get there and um thanks for listening and enjoy the game and stay safe yes guys absolutely i i second that um just enjoy this wonderful day of football uh hopefully the game's a good one if it's not then at least just enjoy uh whatever company you can get during this age um you know i know that some people might still be not particularly up to um to socializing with people during covid times but that's that's perfectly all right as well. But just enjoy it with whatever way you want to do it. And um, yeah, we wish you all the best and we'll see you post-Super Bowl. See you guys later. See ya! It's Super Bowl 56! That's a whole lot of balls. <laughs> oh man, is that going to be our new, uh, our new like, podcast tag, is it? Endeavor for travel. Oh boy, yeah, start it again. Right, okay, call it. Bye!